Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Big McEnroe, a.k.a. Rod Bailey, and I welcome you back. This is the Peanuts and Corn podcast, and this is our new series uh, called Brandon. So this is the Big McEnroe Brandon podcast, where I roll out the new album, which is also called Brandon. And um, I'm going to roll it out over seven episodes and play you basically the entire record. I'm going to talk about the influences on the record. I'm going to play you songs that were... Um, I'm going to play you, obviously, the record itself and the songs that I wrote and recorded. And I'm also going to play you songs um, from the era of these songs. So, you know, one of the themes through this um, album is um, the music I was listening to at the time. So basically, the, the album is called Brandon, and it's about growing up in Brandon, Manitoba, Canada in 1987 to 1992. So basically, I moved to Brandon in 87 um, after grade 7. So I guess I was like 12 years old, whatever that math is. Yeah, 13 maybe. And um, I moved to Brandon and had to sort of start over, make new friends, do all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, what the, what the album takes us through is, you know, going through high school and getting into university, discovering skateboarding, discovering girls, um, and also really discovering a lot of new music and getting into all this sort of subculture stuff, which happened in Brandon at the time and learning about all this new, you know, alternative music and then hip hop music. So I think one of the things I want to do on this podcast is play you either little bits or entire songs of stuff that, you know, I was listening to at the time, the big influences and things like that, just to sort of mix it up. Um, so first of all, first of all, I want to thank UGS Meg again for hosting this podcast. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for listening. And um, so basically, the album is something that I've been working on since about 2015, 2016. I had the idea that I had just sort of these memories and and stories of growing up in Brandon I wanted to get him down somehow and I'm not really uh you know I don't really write you know long form I don't write books I you know my form of expression tends to be hip-hop music so I decided to start writing songs about growing up in Brandon and what it, what that was all about so this is a very personal album um where these you know it's pretty much all true stories and um, really about me growing up. So hopefully you enjoy it. Um, And uh, I can get into some of the recording and all that stuff as we go. But I'm basically going to play the album in order. So today we're going to start with the first four songs in the album. And the order of the album is also in chronological order. So it's kind of like the whole arc of 1987 to 92. So we start out with me um, moving to Brandon. Um, So before I play the first song, I just wanted to get into a little bit of housekeeping. So you may notice that I'm now going by the name Big McEnroe. So back in late 90s, I guess 97, I came up with with the idea of changing my name from Roddy Rod the Microphone God to McEnroe. And so I've been using the McEnroe name all the way up until the present day. So my first album was called The Ethics EP, and that came out in 1998 on Peanuts and Corn Records. So I was McEnroe. No capital letters, just small letters all the way through. And I've been McEnroe ever since, you know, in, uh, in all the groups I've been in and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, but since uh, the last few years, I haven't really been releasing very much stuff under the McEnroe name. In fact, the last thing I released was in 2014. I did an album called Burnt Orange. And I did notice in the you know early 2010s that there was another band called McEnroe uh, out of Spain, I believe. They're you know an alternative band and they're using the name McEnroe. And, um, you know, they're kind of biting my style in that they don't capitalize any letters either. And they've got kind of a, uh, you know, semi-similar graphic design, like not really similar, but enough similarity to be somewhat confusing. And it kind of pissed me off, but I never really did anything about it because I wasn't really touring as McEnroe or releasing very much. So I just didn't really do anything about it. And now it seems like they're still going as McEnroe. If you go to McEnroe on any of the streaming services, it's a big confusing mess. You're going to see the Ethics EP. You're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see Disenfranchised and Burnt Orange. And then you're going to see all these Spanish rock records all mixed together. And it's super annoying to me. And so, you know, I'm not really a litigious sort. I think I would have claim to the name where if I said, you know, I was McEnroe in 1980 or 1997. Uh, here's, the, here's my releases. Here's my stuff. Like, back off. But at the, at the same time, I haven't really been investing very much in the name in the few last few years. And I I have Big McEnroe on all my social media anyway. I'm Big McEnroe on Twitter. I'm Big McEnroe on um, Instagram. So I kind of just thought, why don't, you know, rather than getting into that, I start want to, I want to release some music right away. I don't really want to get into this. and I don't want to continue to contribute to the confusion. So I'm just going to call myself Big McEnroe and that will be more unique going forward. Like really when you, you thought about names back in the day it was like you weren't thinking about the world you were just thinking about who's who's in your circle who who in winnipeg at that time was called McEnroe. nobody it was a totally unique name um you know but obviously as as our uh, reach has grown and the internet has grown it's a lot harder to be have a unique name with so many um different territories and things like that. So I am now Big McEnroe. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to go back with the back catalog and fix that, um, working on it, but I've just sort of, you know, made a decision to get this going as Big McEnroe. So there you go. Big McEnroe, the album's called Brandon. I also dropped another album. I'll get into that, say, at the next break, but I want to get into some music right away. So... Um, I should probably bring up the names of these songs. So part of my songwriting process is that I write songs and I kind of have a working title. Sometimes the working title is like the name of the beat. Sometimes the working title is, you know, like the main theme of the song. But when it comes time to actually um, do, you know, put out the record, it's like, oh, what are these songs actually called? So so I actually have to look at my notes because I've had sort of a working title in my head for this song. Um, but the song is called 87 Moving Out. So the whole, the whole album has the year first and then the, you know, the topic. So this is moving out. So this is basically me being told that we're going to move from Winnipeg. I lived in Winnipeg all through um, up until the great, end of grade seven. I had a lot of friends in Winnipeg. I was, you know, learning how to skateboard in Winnipeg. All this stuff was happening. And I was told we're going we're gonna to up and move back to Brandon because I was born in Brandon. So... Let's check this out and then I can get into some more detail. This is Moving Out, uh, the first song off of Brandon. Friday, May 8th. Tonight, on The National.
seven ended, mama announced We were packing up, selling a house Moved a lot already, bounced all around I finally made some friends and figured it out My crew in Fort Gary, a nice little click Sure we were geeky, at least I fit in Played chess in the lunchroom, is that such a sin? But now I am moving and starting again Moving to Brandon, the town I was born in I lost all connections and found it so boring My dad bought a business, I work in the storeroom Then wandered the streets on bike go exploring Alone for the summer, just pounding the sand Maybe go to the cinema, the town of the strand Or rent every movie I could get in my hand Look forward to September and starting again Manitoba. You're watching CKX Television. Imagine your child's ideal education. At Brandon Community School, you can make it happen. All right, so that's the first track from Brandon. That's called Moving Out, 87 Moving Out. And um, so that's a little bit about, you know, being told we're moving. I'm uh, 13 years old. I'm told I'm moving back to Brandon. And um, so we moved, I believe, right at the end of the school year. So there was two months before starting the next grade, grade eight, where I was just sort of wandering around the streets of Brandon. You know, I didn't have any friends there. I think I knew one kid who was like a friend of my, like the son of my parents' friends or something and hang out with him a little bit, but I think he was a couple years younger. So not much going on. Um, I mentioned that I wanted to play um, little bits of songs, you know, that were influenced by each of these tracks. There's a lot of name dropping on these tracks and things like that, but not on this one. However, um, you know, I do mention like my little grade seven click. We were we were a bunch of little geeky kids in grade seven at a school called Pemina Crest in Winnipeg. And we used to play, um, we had a chess club. So we had our own little room. We'd play, we'd play chess every day at lunchtime. And, um, you know, and we also would uh, listen to the Beach Boys for some reason. We were big Beach Boys fans. So I'm not sure why in 1987, a bunch of grade seven year old, grade seven kids all, uh, decided they were the biggest Beach Boys fans ever, but that's what happened. And so we did Beach Boys for lip syncs and things like that. Um, so that was my crew in grade seven. I had to say goodbye to them and move to Brandon, like I said in the song, Moving Out. Um, on this podcast, I will be joined by people who um, uh, I spent time with and grew up with in this era. So shortly after this next song, uh, a friend of mine, Derek Gunlickson, will be joining me. We had a conversation and I'm going to play you bits of that conversation uh, just thinking back to what Brandon was like in the time, 1987 to 89, kind of where we're covering in this episode. Um, but uh, so so um, the, song, the album itself, 
Brandon, uh, I recorded in the last uh, couple of years, and then I've sort of been sitting on it, working on the mix and the master. So I've been in really no hurry to release it, and then until I finally got it together to release it this year, and it's coming out on in August sixth, twenty twenty one. But it was started, like I said, around 2015, 2016. So I have these folders on my hard drive and on my Dropbox of, um, you know, the evolution of these beats and the evolution of these songs. And so I started to put beats together and then I had these um, studio sessions where I'd go to a rehearsal studio and just write these songs. And I'd usually just show up and uh, with, you know, when I had little topics and little bits to write about and I'd sit and write a song or two about once a week. I'd get these sessions and I would just uh, go in there by myself and just write these songs and that's sort of how these worked out. And then once the songs were recorded and demoed then I started to really fill out these beats. So I think you'll find this album to be very lush with the production. Uh, One of the things I wanted to do though was keep the songs short. You know most of them are just one verse like that first song is only 16 bars. Um, so you've got these short songs and partly one thing I always wanted to do was to do like, you know, I hate to say it, but the Paul's Boutique B-Boy Booyah bass thing where there's just these short songs. I really wanted to do that for a whole album. And this is me trying to do that. I don't think I quite made it because ultimately when you do what I do with the production where you're really trying to make interesting things happen, making it lush, bring things in, bring things out, let things progress then it's really hard to do that and keep a song to like a minute. So you need a little bit of time to let those things happen and let these beats develop. So I'm trying to toe the line on this album between having the lush production and really doing interesting things with my production and at the same time keep the song short and the you know keep it moving. This, this album has 22 tracks. Um, most of the tracks are around two minutes so the album itself is under an hour so it's not like there's any really long songs there's only a couple songs that have more than one verse you know it's sort of like have an idea get in get out you know not a lot of hooks things like that it's just sort of a bunch of stories all patched together so I hope you enjoy it um i do want to give a shout out to alvaro rojas who's all over this record he's done projects with me before he did um some guitar on a, on a, a record an ep i did called the bad sleep well and then i did another little project called the renfrew few he's on that and we have another project coming out this year called noodles which is um instrumental stuff with him playing guitar and me making beats um but he was he comes over every once in a while you know a couple times a year we see each other he'll come over and into the studio and just you know play him beats and he'll just riff for like three four five minutes and so i was playing him these beats over the last few years these brandon beats i've been sitting on writing to and things like that and he would play guitar so there's a lot of part of the lush production on this album is is alvaro playing guitar and then me filling it all out um so let's keep moving here let's play another track off of brandon this is the second track this is called 87 first day so this this song is about the first day of school the first day of grade eight where i go to our new school called new era it was a junior high school i was in french immersion so i don't know anybody i'm a little skate i'm, I'm a little wannabe poser skateboarder kid who's going to a new school after being by himself for the summer in brandon in 1987 and uh and who do i meet i meet um tyler sneesby another guy named Derek gunlickson burt eastman some some people who i'd go on to know for much of my life and make fast friends with 
because they're all into the same thing. So let's check out this song and then I can get into it a little bit and we'll bring Derek on and talk a little bit about those first days and the early days in Brandon. So this is uh, the second second track off the album. This is 87 First Day. My skateboard weighs a ton I met my classmates I'm nervous in French immersion But they were cool wearing streetwear by vision And Santa Cruz tees which confused me I thought I would school them about the underground skate scene They knew more than me Laughed a little bit at my used GSD It was Derek G, Bert E, Kelly K And of course Tyler Sneesby Right place, right time, we got along easy Went to Derek's place, he had satellite TV And more VCRs than I'd ever seen He had an Atom computer with the built-in tape deck Better than my Commodore, gave him respect His place was like a lab for the 80s fads Watching all the fresh movies like Ration and Rad And Tyler's crib had the dope snacks, a fridge full of pop and his very own Betamax with Spider-Man cartoons and rooms full of records, we hang out in the rec room, down for whatever he put me on the Zeppelin tape me a mix, we would skate on his carpet, practice some kick flips, ollie on his old couch record forever, we'd watch skate videos, try to get better all on the first day at New Era, new kid on the block, couldn't go better I worried a lot, but now I know better All on the first day at New Era New kid on the block, couldn't go better I worried a lot, but now I know better Lots of backside errors. Isn't that ripping? Uh, you'll notice that the tracks have these bumpers around them with, uh, you know, bits of recordings, found recordings from some of my VHS collection, some of it from online. Uh, you know, commercials from Brandon, com- uh, skate videos from Brandon, other recordings. Um, I've, I get into some of the tapes that uh, I would have recorded, even just talking with friends and things like that. So I tried to kind of give it a real texture, this album. Um, so that song is called uh, 87 First Day. That is about the first day of, uh, of grade eight where I met Tyler and Derek and Bert and all that. And so I get into sort of 
Um, you know, I, I was a skateboarder at that time or a skate poser all summer where I had learned a little bit about skateboarding in grade seven. And so then when I moved to Brandon, I had this idea that I was going to bring skateboarding to Brandon because I hadn't really seen anybody around in the summer skateboarding. But when I showed up on the first day of grade eight, it was like Tyler Sneesby had his deck, Derek had his deck, Bert had his deck. These guys were already skateboarders and they were way better than me. So uh, that quickly went away. But the fun thing was, I remember the first day being a a half day which is often the case where you go for the morning and then you don't you don't have to go back until the next day and so I went in the morning and then I remember um you know being invited over to go and hang out with Derek and Tyler um later that day which was amazing to me because like I said I hadn't really had anybody to hang out with all summer so I remember running home getting my skateboard and then going going over to Derek's place and checking out his place and like I say, he had all this cool tech stuff. He had VCRs and satellite TV and stuff I'd never seen before. So we hung out there for a while. And then we went over to Tyler's house. Tyler had a Commodore 64. He had all the skate stuff going on, you know, and uh, he had all these records. His basement was like an old school 70s basement. And he would skateboard in his basement and do all kinds of stuff. And he had a fridge down there with uh, all the drinks you could drink. It was just like I couldn't. My mind was blown all the fun stuff that we could do. Um, so I, I remember that being like a really big day and, uh, you know, kind of taken off from there and, 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 you know, think about the day that you met your best friend, like Tyler Sneedby is DJ Honeycutt. He's been in Farm Fresh with me, been a partner in Peanuts and Corn, um, and been, you know, probably my best friends since, uh, 1987. So going back and thinking back about the day you meet someone like that and, and the circumstance is kind of fun. Um, and then I want to get into inviting Derek on in just a second, but let's uh, let's play another track. So from this time again, it was like what was what was going on musically, and I'm not I'm not yet into any of the skate music yet. I'm not being introduced to any alternative music, but I do know that you know what we would listen to. What I would listen to is whatever was on in the car, and it was usually a, a radio station called KX96. And KX96 would play, you know, just whatever, Def Leppard or, uh, you know, whatever was popping in 1987. Brian Adams, probably lots of Brian Adams, a lot of Canadian stuff like that. Um, but one song I do remember them playing around that time that I did like uh, was, was this song by R.E.M. So let's check this out. This is about as alternative as it got for me back in 1987. This is R.E.M. That's the one I love by R.E.M. That came out in 1987, and um, that uh, is off from the band from the band's album called Document. And uh, so that was kind of their breakthrough hit, and one of the first um, kind of alternative songs that I would have heard and been exposed to. They would have played that on KX96 alongside things like Brian Adams and Def Leppard and uh, other stuff that I wasn't that into. But the other thing is, when I moved to Brandon, for whatever reason, 
Uh, the cable package we got in Brandon had much music and the one we had in Winnipeg did not. So I was first exposed to much music in Brandon. And so that also put me onto all kinds of new music. Um, okay, so let's uh, welcome, I'm going to welcome uh, Derek Gunlickson into this. Everybody, I'm joined today by Derek Gunlickson, who uh, I met on the first day of grade eight and um, who I've kept in touch with over the years, thanks to technology and things like that. But uh, Derek and uh, Tyler Sneesby and myself were fast friends uh, right from the get-go. And um, and uh, thank you very much for joining me today, Derek. You're welcome. What I wanted to talk about was that first day and how um, you guys just let me basically each of we went to I remember going to your house um, and you know in the lyrics of the song I talk about I think you had an Atom computer and you had uh, a yeah. couple of like VCRs which is to me was like I don't even know if we had a VCR at this point wow. that was funny because one of those was on loan but <laughs> there was another time where we had my parents and then someone else's and then Tyler's parents, Betamax, all hooked up to like copy the Powell Peralta videos or something. Oh, we did that all the time. Was we would, I have, I still have my VHS copies of certain skate videos and they're they're so degraded. They're they're a copy of a copy of a copy. They're pretty much like I have Savannah Slamma, which was this one. It was like a skate contest that everyone was in, like Tony Hawk and Christian Hasoy and everybody. And it, it's a, it's, it's, I don't know how many generations it went through, but, um, it was, it's unwatchable basically, but I still have it just for whatever reason, this VHS that's, um, that, you know, and I remember us trying to, I yeah, I see your VHS, I see your VHS collection there too. I was just going through and digitizing some more stuff, so. And, you know, remembering how hard it was to get your hands on a copy of stuff like that, because... I mean, a little later on, there was... Someone had to bring it in from outside of Brandon. Yeah. And someone would have to buy it, which was hard, right? It was like, you know, those those videos, I don't remember what they cost, but they weren't, you know, 10 bucks. They were expensive. All right. So uh, I'm going to play a little bit more of my conversation with Derek after the next song. But he, we get into skateboarding pretty quickly. Um, and again, that was sort of the thread that held us all together at the beginning where, um, you know, in Brandon, Manitoba in 1987, if you saw a kid with a skateboard, you probably went up to him, wanted to know who they were if you didn't know them already. And, you know, it was like your instant friendships happened because skateboarding was not that common. And it was like, you know, we were cultists almost. We just loved skateboarding. We loved everything about it. We loved the videos, the style, the clothing. Um, and so when you saw someone else who's a skateboarder, it was just like, there's your, you know, your instant friends. So uh, we, we ended up talking quite a bit about skateboarding and we're going to talk a little bit more about it after this next song. But because this next song, this next song is called 88 Skate Posse. And so it's about the skateboard scene in Brandon in this, in this time frame, the late 80s and, you know, and all the people that we had, the stuff that we would do. This song is now available. Um, this is the first single from the Brandon album and it's dropping today, which is if you're listening on the day this podcast drops, that is. So this, uh, on May 11th, um, it's dropping. So you should be able to get it on streaming services or on Bandcamp if you want to have this song. And there's an instrumental available as well. Uh, so let's check this song out. This song is called 88 Skate Posse from the Brandon album from Big McEnroe. 
We all hung around at 34th Street. I'd skate across town, and no one forced me. We'd work these curbs off the bike path. It was unofficial till the middle of the night passed. Mac in behind the 7 Eleven. Buy a big gulp, and it wouldn't threaten the session. It was steady progression, less the girlies were pressing. They were a little younger, but they dug how I'm dressing like Eric Dressing. Rocking cons and chipping pepper. Put their name on my grip tape, cause I'm flipping clever. Now you're in the Hall of Fame until I get a better new deck or a girlfriend. Nothing lasts forever. I'm rolling in the East End out with Pete and Kenny downtown on the weekend, cause it's fully empty. I'm practicing routines I'd land eventually I'm hanging at the spine and grind all thanks to Stephen G but mostly I'm in the streets or the schoolyards chilling with my posse grind the empty paddle pool hard property damage they try to say it's not a sport that's what dad pays property taxes for I gotta say it's not a crime but the bylaw van kicked us out all the time oh I never got a ticket slap a sticker on a yield sign skate posse keeps it realist till it's meal time inventories in southwestern Manitoba, 17 8th Street, in Brandon. In Brandon. In Brandon. In Brandon. Put thoughts together. The world's best-selling family computer just got better. So bring home the new Commodore 64 now. All right, that's 88 Skate Posse. That is Big Mac and Row, and that is now available on streaming services if you want to download that song, or you can get it on Bandcamp if you want a more permanent version. Um, so that song's about the skate scene in Brandon, and it kind of covers some years from 87 and up. There was a there's a bunch of skate parks that were up, open, and closed. Like, the skate scene was just trying to survive. And I have another song um, that maybe we'll play real quick. Another song that I sort of wrote about this time as well called Skate City Hall. This is from 2010 um, from the Paper Champion EP. And it's a kind of along the same lines. I have very fond memories of this this time, of this organizing, of when skateboarders would try to come together and make things happen. Because at that time, skateboarding was against the law, so you couldn't roll down the street. Technically, there's nowhere to skateboard. There was no skate parks. There was no facilities. You could go on private property until you got kicked out. You weren't supposed to be on public property of any kind. Um, you weren't supposed to roll down the street. And so, you know, we loved skateboarding. We'd skateboard every day. We'd go to places. We'd get kicked out. And finally, the group all got together. And this was under the leadership of a guy named Stephen Goulet, who will be a future guest on this podcast hopefully. And um, he, you know, he sort of organized a skate in at City Hall where we were all out front of City Hall, just sort of saying, hey, you know, we got nowhere to go. We got nothing to do. Uh, we're skateboarders and, you know, we should get some facilities. There's all these baseball fields. There's soccer fields everywhere. There's, you know, there's all this facilities for these traditional sports and there's nothing for us. What are you going to do about it? And uh, at the end of the day, the City Hall ended up giving us a small patch of land 
behind the sportsplex where we set up a ramp and stuff like that. And it was our one of our first skate parks. So let's check out this song real quick. This is called Skate City Hall. This is from my two, 20, 2010 release, um, The Paper Champion. Yo, welcome to Brandon, Manitoba. The year is 1989. We're starting out in the West End. We'll go to Meadows, hook up with Jay Bell. Do some handrails, maybe go by Bob's. He's got a mini ramp about four feet high. Used to be at the warehouse, but then he put it in his backyard. Then we're gonna head out to 34th Street, Sev, along the bike path. Then maybe head over to the university, do some stairs. Sets of two stairs, three stairs, four stairs, six stairs. The ones at the auditorium have this little lip, so you gotta ollie early. Skate there till you get kicked out. Head downtown. There's this little run behind Curly McKay's on 10th. You can do your little Tommy Guerrero thing like Future Primitive. Street styling down the hill. And hanging out with Fred and Bill. Gave them names for the boards they ride. It's not the real names. We're at the parkade at the Brandon Gallery. No matter what the weather, middle of winter, minus 30. Doing board slides on the bike racks. The only place that has no snow. Till we finally got to find a grind up on the North Hill. What's up, Magic Como? What's up, Stefan? What's up, RS? What's up, Pete? Let's all reunite, Skate City Hall. Let's all go Skate City Hall. All right, that's uh, that's myself, McEnroe, Big McEnroe from 2010. That's Skate City Hall. Just sort of a shout-out song, kind of talking about the scene at the time and some of the people in it and where we would skateboard. So it's a pretty big deal. But one of the themes that I get into when I'm talking to Derek and something that really um, was important early in Brandon was that there was no... There was no skate shop. There was no, I mean, there was a few music stores, but you, you know, when you started to get into some of this subculture stuff, um, you know, the questions were, where do you get, you know, where do you get a skateboard? You had to go to Winnipeg. Where do you get new music that isn't top 40 mainstream? You got to go to Winnipeg or you got a mail order or whatever. There's no internet. There's no downloading. Um, so let's get into a little more of that topic with Derek. When I was in Winnipeg in grade seven, all these guys put me on to skateboarding. And so I came to Brandon thinking that no one would be skateboarding. And then you guys were already, you know, totally, you, you know, you had your boards and you were totally into skateboarding. Yeah, but it, it wasn't for actually much longer before that, that, that we all kind of picked it up. Yeah. I think there were like several birthdays in a row in grade seven that involved something like receiving a skateboard and going downtown to ride down the hills and stuff yeah uh but there were no skate shops here like the closest there was for anything was winnipeg so it was kind of a a regular thing that when one of your friends was going into winnipeg you might get them to go to what was it at that point skate like i think it was cal skate. days first okay um, yeah, skate 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 came Taylor. along yeah exactly cal days and then and there was royal and there was skate but skate was kind of really small when we were kind of in grade seven and eight like it was a tiny little shop above a above a, of a, a camera store and it was like only open certain hours it was nowhere near like i probably never actually made it to that one then so what do you, do you remember anything else about like the scene or the skateboarding scene there were a few older kids kind of I, i'll say kids now i mean i'm almost 50 i can say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Stefan, 
uh, Goulet. Yeah. BMXers and skateboarders. And kind of interestingly, it was also Stefan that introduced me to a whole bunch of music. He's the one I got my first albums by Suicidal Tendencies. <laughs> and Yeah. Uh, but crap, I can't even remember who else. Probably DOA and Dead Kennedys and... Yeah, he's going to join me um, for a future episode, in fact, because I've kept, you know, Stefan lives out here and I've kept in touch with him a little more over the years and see him, you know, every couple of years we'll run into each other or whatever out here in Vancouver. But um, he, he, he has the same sort of thing where it's like he gave me a copy of Dinosaur Jr. and put me onto the cult. Um, but also, you know, to jump back a little bit, I remember you putting me onto like even, you know, cause I was sort of, when I came from Winnipeg, my friends listened to the Beach Boys. Like I wasn't into anything cool, right? Like not that you could feel how you want Some about cool Beach Boys. Yeah. Like you could feel how you want about the Beach Boys, but it wasn't alternative subculture music. It was just like nerdy kids listening to their parents beach boys records right so then i came to brandon and then it was like you, i had you and tyler putting me on to even stuff like in excess and you too which i wasn't even into like i remember you getting the joshua tree i think, think as soon as it came out and i think you maybe gave me a copy okay so let's get back into a track um i talked about playing influence tracks all through this podcast and um I was going to maybe play, you know, something that Derek had put me onto or Stefan put me onto, but he named something that was kind of interesting there, which was suicidal tendencies. So there is kind of uh, one of the first uh, dub tapes that I think were floating around for us young grade eight kids um, at that time that kind of blew our minds. That was very different from what we were used to hearing on the radio or seeing on much music. So let's listen to a track by uh, suicidal tendencies just for fun. I try to do things and it just doesn't work out the way I want it to and I get real frustrated and like I try hard to do it and I like take my time but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to it's like I constantly that is institutionalized by suicidal tendencies um, from 1983 we would have heard that probably 1988 um, on somebody, a copy of somebody's tape, um, you know, that you couldn't go into a store in Brandon, Manitoba and buy a copy of a Suicidal Tendencies record. You just couldn't. But, you know, someone would get a copy from somewhere, maybe in Winnipeg, maybe somewhere else, bring it back and then make copies for anybody. And those copies would get copied. Um, I talk a little bit with Derek about trying to get music in Brandon and what your options were. So let's listen to that. Yeah, and where would we even get? Like, we were obviously making copies of this kind of music um, off of each other from, you know, records and stuff. But was there anywhere in Brandon where you could buy, where you would buy records? Or what were you doing to try to get music at that well, time? Do you remember? At that point, I think there were two A&A records, one in the mall downtown and one in the other mall. Yeah. And Top 40 or something like that, also in the mall. There was also the Country Music Center downtown. That place is legendary. Yeah, it was great used records. And I mean, the, the sign said Country Music Center, but the actual records over in the used stuff were like all this consigned stuff from three people who had a really strange collection. <laughs> so I have like five or six records from there that have Sean Carruthers writing on them. Right. Because he left them there on consignment or something. <laughs> um, 
the other the other places though were like they actually actively discouraged you ordering anything yeah so like unless you i don't know got in really nice with the people who work there or something that there was no way you were going to get anything strange and anything import Okay, so let's play one more song from the Brandon album. Uh, this song is called 88 1200 Baud. So this is about the another subculture that was popping up in Brandon, which was um, computer BBSs. This is pre-internet, pre-all kinds of stuff. This is where you dialed up a computer on your Commodore 64 and did a little bit of interacting with others, other enthusiasts like that. So let's check the song out. This is called 88 1200 Baud. Boot up the Commodore, insert the floppy disk Time to get my game on, like Matthew Broderick Trying to get my name on the bulletin board I'm 14 years old, totally bored Wait till my sister's off the phone to dial up 1200 Bob, the request to pile up No busy signal, please cross my fingers Make the connection and start to mingle With the D&D heads talking 12-sided messages No net yet, just text I try to get in where it fit in With other kids sitting in front of a monochrome screen top villain Listen to the Joshua Tree once again My mom asks why I don't see my real friends Sometimes you gotta retreat from hard times Especially starting grade 8 or grade 9 When the weather's wicked and minus 30 Celsius Friends are fickle, parents always bugging us Alternative music. You see? You see? Alternative video. I saw. So I have this other song that I did want to see what you remembered about where I wrote about the first uh, the first time getting online. Our classmate Richard Whitten had a Commodore and he had a modem, I think. I think it was him who lent me a modem that I would plug into the back of my Commodore 64 and dial up to some BBS that had something he'd, to do. He'd probably updated his or something. I believe you had something to do with teaching me like about some bulletin board thing there, where you could dial up and... There were maybe three or four, I don't know, running at that point in town. There was the New Era Computer Club BBS. I think that was the one which like i don't know five students used <laughs> there were a couple of community pbs's though that were just like open things that people ran and i don't know general conversation etc it was like a tiny version of news groups or something at that point yeah so like for for the people who don't understand what we're even talking about the concept is is you know even 
you know, a certain age won't even understand dial-up, like dial-up internet, and this is pre Unless they're rural. Yeah, yeah, right. But, you know, so the evolution of that was before even an internet, this was like just you dialed directly to another computer using a telephone line and talked to it. And I guess, you know, remind me, did so if someone was... I guess you just post stuff and then someone else would dial in and and post back and maybe the the computer that was hosting it would have multiple phone lines and people could be on at once or not so I, much I don't think any of the ones at that point in town did they were so small that it was like only one it person would single, use it single line yeah right so one person would dial in and read all the stuff and maybe post something and then hang up and then someone and the else person. and so if you wanted to if you wanted to check out what was going on you would dial up and it would quite often be busy then i guess and you wouldn't be able to connect you'd have to try again later all right thanks uh, so much to Derek gunlinson for joining me for the episode appreciate that uh, i'm gonna play one more uh inspiration track we did talk about this a little bit earlier this is the cult uh, so this was a group that um you could not just walk into um, A&A Records and Tapes and Grab the Cult on CD, I don't think. Um, it had to be, you know, someone had to go get it from somewhere, even though they weren't particularly off the mainstream. But, you know, again, it's like you went into A&A's to get Brian Adams. You didn't get anything much more than that. So here is uh, Wildflower by the Cult. This was definitely a skateboarder's classic. It was in heavy rotation among skateboarders I knew back in uh, 1987, 1988 in Brandon, Manitoba. Check this out. Out. that's the cult and that's wildflower um skateboard uh, anthem for me and my crew back in uh back in the day in brandon manitoba i want to thank you for joining me i want to thank ugsmag.com for hosting the podcast hey did you know that i also have another record out that just came out the other day it's called 2021 part one um penny raps and so it's just 10 little fun rap songs that i actually wrote in the same year i released it which is unheard of for me so in uh, december of last year i started making a few beats on my phone i'll tell you all about this in a youtube video but i made some beats on my phone and decided to rap to them i rapped to them i filled the beats out with some more stuff arranged it recorded it mixed it mastered it and put it out all within like three or four months which again right lately my pace has been three or four years and now I'm trying to like pick up the pace and put out some fu some fun stuff. So it's a really loose little fun record. It's now available on Bandcamp. It will be available on streaming shortly. Uh, thanks to everyone so far who has already picked up the record and supported it. It's peanutsandcorn.bandcamp.com. You can get our whole catalog there. You can also grab the single from the Brandon album called 88 Skate Posse, which you heard earlier in this episode. So check it all out. I'm on um, Twitter at, at Big McEnroe. I'm on Instagram at Big McEnroe. Uh, Peanuts and Corn Records is on Instagram at 
Peanuts and Corn Records. Thank you again for listening. And um, next week, I've got my man Tyler Sneesby, a.k.a. DJ Honeycutt, joining me. We're going to play three more tracks from the Brandon album, 88, 89 tracks. And we're going to play some great inspiration stuff and have some uh, have, have a blast telling you some memories. So again, thank you for listening. Or, and at two weeks, and we'll be playing the next episode in two weeks' time. Every two weeks. That's how it works. Until August 6th, when the record comes out. Thank you so much, and good night.